introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Guys, I, uh, you know, uh, might have uh, pulled uh, one of my tricks out of my proverbial pocket, if you will, and went to my one of my people that I knew would say yes to doing this. Because uh, full disclosure, I asked, I had asked uh, a couple of people to be on the pod, and they all said yes, uh, but not this week. Can we wait? And so here we are um, in this UIL one act play season, and so high school teachers are. In for for very good reason, saying, "Hey, can we just wait uh, until maybe spring break, or maybe April or May, until we do this?" So, uh, and I kind of waited till last minute because I myself have been getting ready for um, one act place. So, luckily, I pulled again one of my uh, you know break glass in emergency setting uh, sort of interviews, if you will, with Miss Megan Wallace. Now. This isn't, I, I didn't just pull any schmo off the street. Uh, in my personal and professional 11 year history opinion, uh, Megan is either the first or second best theater teacher on the middle school level that I have ever seen. And I'm married to one. And uh, so it depends on what kind of mood my wife is in, depending on where Megan falls in the ranking. So maybe one, one A, uh, but uh, definitely Top two. Megan is an extraordinary theater teacher, an extraordinary theater teacher, and I'm not just blowing smoke, and I'm not just saying that because our daughters are absolute best friends attached at the hip uh, when they're allowed to be. Um, but uh, she came over, and she's in our like kind of little uh, COVID bubble, if you will. I think we've all developed a COVID bubble of, of friends and family that we see and we kind of trust and we know you know something uh was askew we would uh, find out from those people some of you have more a larger bubble than others but uh megan and her family are one of like two people that my wife and i see like adults you know uh because we need that kind of uh, just engagement adult friends if you will we, we see people at work but uh so megan was here and i said hey girl hey do you want to like get on the podcast this week and so she was totally down for it and it turned out to be one of the most for me because I don't know the middle school world that well uh, for me personally it was one of the more educational insightful interviews that I've had with somebody just because I don't know that world and you'll hear during the interview I even mentioned something to her that she's like I didn't know that happened on the high school level so uh, she is an all-time middle school teacher which I think is just a completely different world. And there are high school teachers out there that think I will never, ever, ever do middle school. And we talk about that at one point. And I just think that that you, you have to give it a shot. Now, I am one of those people. I think in a heartbeat, would I do elementary theater or would I could I do uh, work in the performance world of elementary and try to teach little kids how to be kind of comfortable in their own skin? I personally feel like I would be really good at that. But I don't think I would do well on the middle school level for two reasons. One, they smell. The middle school, middle, middle school kids uh, stink, um, and that's a problem. I have a very sensitive nose. Uh, I am always thinking that I'm having a stroke because I can smell things that other people can't smell, and they're like, I don't smell anything. Maybe you're having a stroke. And uh, luckily, 
uh, not to make that a joke or anything, but I'm not, but I have that kind of sense of smell. Uh, that's my spidey sense, if you will. And the other thing uh, for middle school teachers is, so I curse on the high school level. And the reason I curse as much as I do on the high school level isn't because I'm a sailor. It's because I can't curse at home. I don't want to curse in front of my eight and four-year-old child because I'm a hypocrite like that. I don't want them to be, go to school and repeat what daddy says. Or if they do go to school and repeat what daddy says, I'm, I'm hoping it's not the, the language... Uh, or bad language. So on the high school level, I may or may not curse every once in a while, all day, every day in front of the kids. And they know that. Uh, I don't ever feel threatened by it. But um, uh, but uh, I couldn't do that on the middle school level. And so because of smell and saying shit every once in a while, I uh, have decided I would not be suited for middle school. Now, you might be thinking, well, but you can't curse in elementary. No, you're totally right. You're totally right. But it, they, they also have a teacher's lounge. So anyway, uh, I feel like I could succeed in that. So this week, we had some uh, uh, rescheduled clinics, UIL clinics. And I, I honestly have never clinicked this much. Uh, the director I worked with at uh, Dulles, uh, Melanie, for a while, to no fault of hers, just didn't really want to clinic that much. Um, and, uh, uh, and then I, Nicole and I just didn't build that much of experience together with one act play and sort of the residual effects of, of not clinicking for a while. I just didn't know the places to, Oh, the places to go. So I used to go to, uh, a Billy Jergoo clinic. And now, uh, this year was my first year to go. Th- we had four clinicians. Um, we had our boss, Travis and, uh, uh, he came kind of early in the process, so it's a little different show than what he saw. But uh, it, three days in a row, we had a clinic. Three days in a row. I do not recommend that for anybody. That wasn't our plan. That wasn't the intention. But because of snowpocalypse and all this stuff, we ended up that ended up being the schedule. But we had first Allison Frost, who was on this podcast not too, too long ago. Um, and that was awesome to go to Carnegie Vanguard. And thank you to Stuart Savage. Uh, and we had Allison work with the kids, and she worked scenes. We didn't show her the whole show. Uh, she worked scenes, and I don't know how I felt about that. Uh, I, you know, because we're doing a show that not a lot of people have produced or heard of, uh, it was a little unique, but it was obviously very beneficial to the kids. And then we had Philip Taylor. Um, I don't think, I don't think he helped the kids at all because he's kind of a talentless hack. Uh, and then we had, uh, Corey Broom and Corey, uh, I was kidding about Philip, by the way, I hope you picked up on the sarcasm, but we had Corey Broom and Corey got to see the show with costumes and our lighting system is down. So he didn't get to see lights and it won't be up for a while. That's why we're no longer hosting. Um, thank you, Palco for pointing that out. But, uh, we had Corey Broom and if you get the chance to get Corey Broom as a, as a, as a clinician at any point, you got to jump on that bad boy. He, I mean, he only had enough time to, he saw the show and he gave notes. He did all that, the traditional stuff, but then he worked a scene and he wanted to work a few, but he only had enough time to work this one. And it went from being like, that's a fun scene to it being like, holy mother of God, that is a really good scene. It's like the best scene of the show. So we have to build our show to become that good. And I think part of what people like Corey Broom and Philip Taylor bring to the table is that they are removed from theater. And, and I've 
this might sound hypocritical of me because of what I've said about other people being removed from the classroom for so long, but I think there are types of people like, again, like a Corey Broom and Philip Taylor who bring that thirst to the theater because they don't get to experience it day in and day out. They, they only get to do the theater that we hire them to do. Um, uh, not get to do, but that we, we, we bring them in for a reason. And Corey is just, um, just a, just a freaking like phenomenal, just coach. And it was just awesome to watch. And so anyway, I can't say enough good things about that. And if you get a chance to have him in, uh, do it. The other thing I wanted, (laughs) I wanted to touch on was, uh, I got a couple of messages from some people from last week about, Hey man, like do like tell us what that ten minute long intro was last week and that you went off and blah 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 and, and you know if if I move to like private school or administration or something like that maybe you'll hear what I had to say maybe <laughs> probably not so anyway um again I had Megan Wallace on the the audio was a little funky we were in the same room and I think something was clipping or something but it it turns out great she's the wisest, smartest, best theater educator, I think, in the state of Texas on the middle school level. Um, she's just really, really wise. You guys are going to really enjoy this this uh, interview with her, I promise. Uh, please listen all the way through, too, because uh, what she says, I mean, every, it, it was wisdom. It was the epitome of this podcast. It was wisdom from a, not from a minor, but it was wisdom uh, and it was great. So please uh, make sure you're following me on the Twitter at Mr. Blake Minor uh, or at Minor Wisdom Pod. Hit me up on the Facebook. If you got the Facebook, shoot, follow me on TikTok. <laughs> I've got some fun times on the Tiki Toki. Hope you guys have a great week. Rolling down to spring break. Hope we have a good spring break too. Hopefully it's not cut off uh, or, or, you know, turned into a longer spring break. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Enjoy the incomparable the amazing Megan Wallace. I was a very shy person from birth. Um, I did not like talking to other people. I did not like being called on in class. I was a good student. I just didn't want extra attention forced upon me and was very just scared of my own voice in a way. And um, I had an opportunity thrust upon me in middle school. I think it was probably eighth grade and I was a good writer and they needed someone for UIL public speaking and because I was a good writer my teacher said you are going to do this I have already signed you up. Tell me if I have to take you off the list and I was like too I was too scared to tell this person I did not want to do this. So in an effort to not like humiliate myself I wrote my piece and I rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed just out of fear performed and it went really well um I scored well in that contest and then after that I was like you know what I did this and it felt really nice in the moment and I want to continue to explore that um and around that time they were having course selection and I decided you know what I'm gonna try theater as a freshman And I remember telling my parents this and it was around dinner time. And so I remember the like distinctly hearing all of the the silverware just drop. And they said, do you know what that means? And I said, yeah, I think I do. And then I walked into the theater freshman year and really never stopped.
Um, so I did four years of theater in small town Texas, which is interesting to say the least, but we had a great program. Um, I think upon graduation, so in just the four years that I was involved, I worked on over 20 shows. So we learned on our feet by doing. I went to Sam Houston State University and enjoyed all of my time there. I knew when I entered Sam that I wanted to teach and I was recruited to Sam's education program for theater. And I just knew that from a young age that I was going to be in the classroom. And I really felt like theater was going to be a great way to do that because I could give students the same experience that I had. Uh, I found my voice, I found my confidence, I found the ability to speak up for myself and to be creative. And I really enjoyed that process of discovery. And it's really interesting to see it from the opposite direction. And so now you've been teaching for how long? How many years? 12 years, all in really? middle school. Well, yeah. Oh, I didn't think it was that long. <laughs> I know, I'm old. That's a long time with middle school, right? 12 years, all at the same school, right? All at Satarshi. Um, go Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, and and so have you um, come across you as like one of your students? Have you seen you uh, in one of your students, like that kid that didn't want to, oh. didn't know that they were where they were supposed to be, in other words? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Like middle school's an age where they're you're discovering who you are and who you want to be. Right. And it's, I tell people that middle school is a time where your body is bigger than your brain. Right. And it's sort of like having a classroom full of Labrador retrievers. Like they, they're really excited and they want to please you, but there's just so much of everything coursing through their little bodies that their brain can't possibly catch up. And their right. frontal lobe is underdeveloped, and it it makes for that some very so interesting, <laughs> interesting classroom management. But they try; they yeah. really do. Yeah. And as far as seeing myself and students, I tell parents every year that that come to me, oh, my my kid's really shy, really shy. I don't think that this is going to be a good fit for them. And I just reassure them: some of your shyest individuals make the greatest performers. They think more about what they do before yeah. they open their mouth. Yeah. And I think that that's great. Because they don't want to embarrass themselves. Yeah, and they, they yeah. rehearse like a dream. Those yeah. kids that are a little more concerned about their outward appearance on campus that might be shy or might be lower on the totem pole, they rehearse really well because right. they don't know, they don't trust themselves yet. Right. Your kids who tend to be really, really confident don't always rehearse the way that I would hope that they would rehearse. Right. Do you fancy yourself more of a classroom teacher than a director? Oh, 100%. Okay. I, I feel like I've grown very right. much as a director in 12 years. Um, but I, I understand my thought process always goes to how can I teach this versus how could I create this or how could I direct this? Right. My thought process starts from the classroom first. Right. And if you're hearing kids in the background, which I don't know if these mics are picking that up, I could totally be talking and saying this and not <laughs> knowing if they're in the background or not, but those are our kids uh, killing each other or our dogs killing the kids. But um, it'll be fine. My dogs, out. not our dogs. That'd be weird. But uh, we share a dog. We just don't live together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if you um, uh, were to tell somebody that is apprehensive about teaching on the middle school level 
in theater, uh, and they think, oh, I'm only set, I'm, I can only do high school. What are some one or multiple things about middle school that are completely unique yet in a positive way that you will never get in high school? Okay, so I feel like that question is a little bit skewed for me because I haven't taught on the high school level, but I can tell you. But you know high school people. You, yes, I mean, you know, you, yes, you I, also were in high school at one point. I was in high school at one point, <laughs> yeah, way back when. Yeah. Um, I think what I enjoy most about middle school kids is their energy. Yeah. They are excited. So middle school start, at least where we are, starts at age 11, and you have them from 11 to 14. And right. You keep you see a lot of development in that time, but what tends to be the same throughout is they have a very high energy level because they're still coming off of being a kid, right. and they are one hundred percent pumped to do whatever you are one hundred percent pumped about. So if I'm excited about a show and I can show them that I'm excited about something, then they are one hundred percent game. They don't care if it makes no sense whatsoever. Right. They, they don't even really care if they like the script or not. They care about what I care about. And because they can tell that I'm passionate and excited about something, they are passionate and excited about it as well. And they will go hard. Um, I, I think the challenge with middle school is that they lack perspective in all the ways. <laughs> um, they lack perspective um, in interacting with each other and with adults, they lack perspective when it comes to planning. They don't understand that, you know, we start rehearsal really far away. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't yeah. just happen yeah. magically yeah. because for them, time, like, oh, that's months away. Well, not really. It's yeah. this many days and we don't rehearse all day You're long. You're like, I, I feel like it was yesterday when I was in middle school. So let me yes. just tell you how time flies. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. they their perspective of time is very skewed and so whenever yeah. you're rehearsing with them they tend to not really key in until later in the process when it becomes real and present and immediate and once that happens they're all in and so the challenge is getting them started and getting them focused in a way that you feel like you're covering some ground and making some right. headway but once you've laid a foundation of expectation and they get going and you start they can see achievements being made then there's so much fun to work with because right. they're so flexible right do you so i've said this before on here not that you've ever heard it but anyway um yeah that jennifer has told me you know th this is a an argument not an argument but just something that i just never have grasped in my own mind uh and i know you said you know you've never taught high school which i knew that but um the idea that you can't get anything done during class the way a high school teacher can get things done. Like I can say to my students, you're going to sit here today in the auditorium or the classroom or whatever, and you're going to watch me paint this because it needs to be done the right way. And the kids just sit there and they put their headphones in and that you wouldn't even know they're there. Whereas in middle school, that's, probably never going to happen never um so have you ever like what i mean like i've never taught middle school and i don't ever plan on teaching middle school i don't mind being an administrator at the middle school level but i don't plan on teaching it which is probably <laughs> not good for an interview but um 
like do you ever find time to like do what you need to do or do you have to do that do you have to incorporate that into the curriculum do you have to make sure that you do that after school do you just say when you say do what you need to do are you talking like in terms simple of like stuff. production yeah simple stuff like just simply like i've got to be able to paint this platform i've got to i've got to get this uh costume i've got to find this costume uh, you know we can in in high school i can say to whoever i'm at that time working with hey can you cover my class i got to run downtown to pick up you know x costume or something you can't really do that in middle school so much when do you when do you find time to make that stuff happen do you have to sacrifice uh, magically uh <laughs> <laughs> When, when you put, I didn't know that it's, that's the, what I was Blaine missing out on. <laughs> Little did we know, you're teaching at David Blaine Middle School. I didn't know that that was the benefit that high school had, was oh, that, yeah. that you're getting so much done I'm, while the my kids sister's, are chilling. My sister, I call my sister all the time during the day, and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I headed to here, headed to Lowe's, and she's like, do you like teach in the classroom? <laughs> I'm like, well... No, not if like, not if Lowe's is a calling. <laughs> my mind is a little bit blown. I, I'm going to be honest. Like I really didn't know that that was a, like legitimately. Yeah. I did not realize that that was an option on the high years, school level. Twelve years in middle school. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, when do I mean like when do you do that stuff? When do you do that small like I okay, I'm not gonna, shopping that kind of stuff. In big blasts. So, okay. like, I will go and I will have a very thorough list and I will go all at one time. Okay. If it's something that can be pulled ahead, like a lot of times Lowe's will pull things ahead for you. Gotcha. Um, I have it pulled ahead for me and I bring in my PO. Another thing that's interesting about the way our district works and on the middle school level is my money is much more tied up than the high yeah. school money is because we're not allowed to have a booster club. Right. So I have to play by all of the rules regarding money and I have to be very careful about where I purchase and what I purchase and how much etc so um I have to kind of I will have to work ahead of the game like yeah. very much though and I think that that's one of the things that is difficult to learn I love the background noise I know right <laughs> um on the middle school level just because you have to be that much further ahead because when you're working with the kids they can't really help you in the moment because right. you're teaching them in the moment in rehearsal so even your best technician on the middle school level is going to require a lot of time investment to get them to be independent sure so i've often told people that the worst thing about middle school is that by the time i have i'm seeing the product of my investment in a kid i send them to high school right and i start over so <laughs> i never get to reap the benefits of right. my investment in my own program i just get to see it on the high school stage, which is still, still nice, but yeah. it means I'm constantly growing. So I've personally learned how to um, make my own schedule to where I'm working ahead. Like I know that by this time I have to have co um, costumes planned and props planned, even though I don't need them this minute. Right. I have to have those decisions already made so that they can be purchased. Hmm. Okay. Planning. Ugh. Yeah, um, I'm, that's like my superpower. That's gross. Uh, so, okay, so we I talked about this last week with Tress, because um, she teaches at the college level. Oh, and, she's done a lot of different levels. Yeah, it? right? Tress is just, she hasn't done elementary. Well, she had, technically, I guess she hasn't done elementary, because uh, she does her stage plays school, or camp, or whatever you want to, I don't, I don't know, even know what you would call it, uh, expanded workshops. Um, but, so she has taught 
every age. But she and I were discussing, or I asked her about, do you teach the fundamentals of being a theater teacher that have nothing to do with like, don't block in a line and and make sure things are leveled. Not that stuff. I'm talking about how to pay rights and how to uh, budget and how to do all that kind of stuff. Were you like, is that something that Sam taught you? Okay. You just learned that yourself. Okay. So um, as far as Sam Houston goes, I was there Sam Houston has been known for a long time as a teacher's college. Yeah, the Sam Houston Institute of Teaching, right? Yes. yes. And so that, that's been around for like the dawn of time, yes. I guess. Yes. And they were known for that. They've also been known for a really strong theater program. But at the time that I was coming in, their theater program was sort of um, becoming a musical theater program right. and sort of making headway in that area. And there were no courses, like legitimately zero courses that were going to be for theater education. My degree when I started was BFA in theater with a minor in education and a second minor in mass communications Mm. because they required a second minor. Okay. Well, I've figured out. Don't we all? Yeah. (laughs) I know. Um Around, I guess, the third year, I realized that I didn't want to pay for an an additional year of school to complete two different minors. So I dropped the education and just kept my comm minor, and I was certified trial by fire through the alt cert program. Right. Um, So So the answer is no. I had no... So you learned on the job. I learned on the job, every little bit of it. And I think that that's the biggest stumbling block to teachers that are coming out of a lot of our university programs is having a a flow sheet of you want to do a show here's the questions you should ask because all districts are going to have a little bit of a different process that you would need to find for and but you have to know that there's a question that you should ask you have to know that you have to pay for every single script that you put in a kid's hands you have to know that you pay for those royalties and, you know, now with COVID and online and streaming becoming a thing, that's yeah. a different set of rules that we all have to learn. What's, so, co- what's COVID? No. Uh, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> that hoax you're talking about? Yeah. Um, so, then, so then right now, have you done a show? Have you done a show this year? Have you we done did, something? Um, we, did you say several? Something. No, yes, so, we have. <laughs> I was like, no, I have not done several. Well, I know who your high school director was, so when I say several, <laughs> um, yes. I, this I was, week, have you I done several? I was told that I was maybe pushing a little harder than I needed to push uh-huh. in the fall, and yeah. that's okay. I can accept that and take that information. Um, <laughs> but yes, we have produced a show this year. We um, technically did not apply for new rights. We were trying to use the rights from the shows that were canceled right. gotcha. in the spring. So I just didn't want to lose that investment. Right. So did, how did that go? I mean, like, what did you I, learn a lot? Of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One was online, and then the other was socially distanced. And I don't think I genuinely know this. We see each other, like, what, every two weeks? And, uh, yeah, yeah, we used to I, talk I don't about think it. We, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. So we did one online, and that was an experience. Yeah. The kids did a fantastic job. I, I will say that I, I really have appreciated how flexible the kids have been right. during all of this. They're hungry. Yeah. They're, they very much are. They yeah. just want to do anything that feels like connection. Yeah. And they. Having rehearsal, we found systems like you're off stage means your camera's off and your mic is off. Right. You're on stage, it's opposite. And 
it flowed okay and we learned a lot and I was proud of what they did online. The other face-to-face -face portion of that class um, did a socially distanced show and we also socially distanced the audience. We were It was very limited tickets. Like right. each, We had 12 kids in the class at that time and each kid got 10 tickets to give to people and we distanced them as they came into right. the space just like you would at a restaurant right and it worked really well our community was supportive and the kids were happy to just do anything sure. that felt like a show that felt like being creative what did you do um the online show was hoodie by lindsey price i thought and... you were about to say hoodie like, like... <laughs> It was by Darius Rucker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the face to face was Oz by Don Zolitis. Oh, okay. All right. Good old Don. Don yep. he'll be he, happy to he hear. He knows that. how to speak to middle schoolers' hearts. Yes. He's he's done well for himself. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> That's fun. Uh and and are you planning on doing I mean you you guys are doing a one act play yes. festival, not not a competition necessarily. Yes. So yeah, we will year. be taking kids face to face. Um the we have, I have a class of 17, Okay. and I've cast all of them, so now that, um, you know, if anybody quarantines, we're out. Do you, <laughs> do you, because uh, I've gotten this vibe a little bit from the high school level, and I don't know how much this exists in the middle school level, but you know, when, when somebody's cast in a role uh, that they weren't expecting, they are a little more upset or they wanted another role or like, you know, they wanted to be Annie, but they were cast as Miss Hannigan or something like that. And so they get upset about it. Like, I didn't want to be that part, but I guess I'll do it. It's fine. Whatever. This year though, seems like kids are a little more like, I'm just happy to be the second tree on the left just to be involved. Do you feel that in any way? Cause maybe that's just me, but. Oh, well, or the three I do fans feel like the listening. kids are, are happy to be doing Yeah. That more this year yeah. they're just they want to be together and they yeah. want to be doing something anything that's not in their house yeah. <laughs> um so there is that but as far as the casting goes i've for years probably the last at least eight years i have a very firm discussion with all with the students about yeah. casting and there is um the black powerpoint of um solemnity for lack of a better turn, oh. and uh, like I, I turn the a, lights off. That's a big word. I don't Solemnity. think you can say, yeah. <laughs> yes, and you ha that's the thing. Like when you teach middle school and you're having to break things really super far down, sometimes you have to throw big words in there yeah. just to like stimulate your brain. Yeah. It's a thing. Sure. So sometimes I go around and I say big words and they look at me and then that's we That's the mass calm right there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So fancy words to make my brain happy. So I turn the lights off and the PowerPoint... Oh, my yeah. child is our, so loud. Our I'm children, sorry. no, they're running from my dog. That's literally what they're doing. Yeah, well, my kid probably like <laughs> instantly. Blood curdling screams. Yeah. Yeah, but like Teddy's energy is like Spencer's energy yes. in a human body. Te like, yes, if... Teddy is Spencer on four, all fours and just a <laughs> little furrier. Yeah, right. A little furrier. Yeah. yeah. So, probably the same weight class. So, solemnity. What are, what are, okay, I don't know that word. So, what are some other big words that you use? <laughs> Just, um, um, and are um, they in? Are they in the right uh, context? Like, do you, or do you just throw them out like you're? Well, I'm not smart... doing like malapropisms or anything. 
thing. So there's another fancy word. Um, I think I've, I said that correctly. Yeah, um, ominous, like if it's dark and stormy okay. outside. Because I don't have a window in my Instead room anymore. Instead of saying dark and stormy. Right? Yeah. yeah. So if like we can't see it, but we just hear the thunder really loud, I'm like, oh, that's super ominous. Yeah. Or like the lights cut out. But you know, you can tell when it's like, even when I'm in auditorium where I teach, I can tell when it's starting to rain out stuff, or when like when there are clouds. You, even though you, you can't can tell see when it. there's clouds. Well, you, there's just like this feel. It's ominous. You can. There's like this feeling. I'm so, I'm not kidding, of like something's not right outside right now. It's not. <laughs> it's not. No, sunny. I, I'll go. I'll, I'm with you on that. Like the but the lack of the window has really kind of it's messed my crickety with me. knee. Yeah. Okay. Any. Yeah. Lack of a window. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, well. Okay. So you know, you used to my have room a window? is the same as Jennifer's room. Sure. And you know how it has I that mean, really yeah. tall like prison window yeah. up at the top. Yeah. That's what I call it. Yeah. Well, the the building like the extension of the building is on the other side of that. So all like you look up at the window now and it's bricks. Oh. So there being a, a window, but seeing prison. bricks, yeah. it's so much worse. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, that sucks. But that's also not your performance space. It will be a performance space. So it's cool that it's happening. I have to move my yeah, entire office changing. and closet out right. before spring break and so that it can become a home. Is that exciting? Yes. Nobody but... nobody from the district's listening, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it is, but I feel like there are a lot of things I've been told that are going to happen, and I'm like, but for real, though, that's really going to happen? So I'm. It's hard for me to get my hopes right. up before I actually see what. So there are. I don't know how often you head over to the elementary schools in our district, but there are a couple of elementary schools that have better technology and equipment than we have. Oh, you know of one of them, um, for obvious for personal reasons. But uh, it that part of it is always that was our like when we were shopping around for these bonds that we're trying to or the one that we passed and the one we're trying to pass. Um, those elementary schools were are like, hey girl, you have LED leakos and you know sound equipment and projection equipment in these elementary schools that use it that twice given, a year. Like, was that a PTO purchase? No, it was part or? of the original build of these schools. It was a new new schools. What? It's a couple of new schools. So, um, but we're not getting that anyway. Never mind. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't. Yeah, let's tell me about all the things I'm not getting. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm just saying. It's just. You, you will have another classroom backwards. that hopefully is at least the same size or larger than the one you have now. Um, wh- why? Uh, why? I forgot what we were talking about. I don't before. care anymore. Why are you never going to want to go to uh, high school? Um, okay, well, first. The break I was because she took a drink of her smoothie. By I the way. did. I did because I, I needed time to, to think and come yeah, it was, up with my thoughts. It was a very strategic pause. <laughs> well, I, okay, so I paused because I don't feel like I'm a person that can ever say like absolutely never. Right. I mean, if the right opportunity came along, then maybe, but it it would have to be like super right. legit opportunity. I don't think that I would ever want to move to the high school because I don't feel like I'm being prevented from doing anything that I want to do now. Sure. Um, why, yeah, so yeah, why. I yeah. feel like the the shows that I've, I feel like I'm being fed creatively. Yeah, I'm getting to do a lot of what I want to do in the classroom. I think that I would have to grow a lot more as a director in order to handle right. what I would want a high school student to leave my program with. 
And I don't know that I'm there. I'm not saying that I could never get there. Right, sure. But I think that I would have a lot of personal growth as a theater person and as a director in order to be prepared to train a senior in high school to do well in the program so that they can go and do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess on some level, I worry about being a disservice to a high school student, whereas I know that I can be of great service right. to a middle school student and send, I, I like to view myself as gateway theater. Sure. I don't have to know everything. <laughs> I don't right. have to provide everything. My space legit cannot provide even half of what a high, a, a terrible high school auditorium right. can. So as long as I can get them hooked on that process of being creative and wanting more then I've done my job. Right. And I, I love the energy that middle school kids bring to the table. And I like being able to focus on digging down into the basics and um, providing a creative outlet during the school day. And I think that, and maybe I have it wrong because I've not experienced the high school level. um, I feel like I would have to be a director first and a teacher second. And I don't think that I'm ready to make that jump. Yeah, uh, I mean, it depends. That again, it's the situation, I guess. It depends on the school and what the school wants, what the administration wants. Because some administrators want UIL success, and some don't care. So, yeah. uh, and that's what separates a classroom from a stage. Uh, you, you have taught middle school forever. You're not a hundred percent sure about high school. What's missing in elementary? What spe- what's like now that? Well, first of all, now that you have a third grader. Now that you've had a kid that's gone through, is halfway, literally, that's so weird. They're halfway done with elementary. I just realized that with Ava too. Um, they're literally, they just passed the halfway mark because they just, you know, middle of third grade. Uh, oh my gosh. Somebody stood up. Um, but what, what is like, when you get a sixth grader, what do you wish they knew about themselves that you... Uh, that would make your job easier as a theater teacher uh, on the middle school level. So, you know, I've asked this of college people, of college mm-hmm. professors or, or, or you know, uh, college teachers, whatever you want to call them, to say, what are we doing wrong in high school that you wish we would do better of um, so that they're better prepared when they come to college? And there's not really a lot of elementary theater. You know, there's elementary there's... performance, if you will, but it's... There's not an elementary theater class. No, 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 that's what I mean. But, uh, but, but like, you know, these kids will get the, what do they call the, not outreach, uh, is it outreach? Outclass, outclass. And that's what was going to be my point. Yeah. So I think if I could only have one thing happen for an incoming sixth grader, it would be for them to understand that their elective class in middle school is an actual class and is not a break from your other classes. Right. We have sort of a hard reset that happens with some students coming into a a sixth grade elective because their entire um, elementary education, I guess, they've been going to out class, which usually is some sort of rotation. They don't see the same teacher every time and they don't get a choice to where they go. And so they view this sort of like, well, out class is when my teacher gets a break from me to do other things. (laughs) And I get to go and do other fun things, and there is no graded penalty right. for what I do or do not do there. 
So that first six to nine weeks for some kids is hard because they're learning that there's an actual expectation and that you have the ability to fail an elective in middle school. And you signed up to be here. And if you didn't want to be here, you should have made a different choice because it's not just go wherever in like out class style. So I think that that's the thing that is the biggest stumbling block for sixth graders coming in is because they don't understand the concept of your creative outlet must now also be something that you're taking care of um, with your grades. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I get that. And this, you're so smart. Um, you're like the smartest person in this room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not in the house, but the room at least. And then, so you have, um, as I said, you have an elementary age. Well, you have two, uh, yeah, two elementary Dose. ages. So you're so old. Um, is, is that ever something you would want to explore going to elementary and helping start some sort of theatrical program or get the ball rolling in the performing arts as far as, and not necessarily in this district, you know, just in general, not, I'm not saying anything about Fort Bend, but um, cause we are kind of making strides to yeah. present that into elementaries, but. Um. I would not discount it. I think that I'd be excited to, to start a program yeah. like that. I think that I would, my... That was your son. Just that's then. my son, but yeah. that was him hitting that note. That was great. Oh, yeah. I thought it was Ava at first because uh, Ava's done that before. There's so many noises <laughs> at home all the time. <sighs> um, so, well, yeah, so going... Me? going. <laughs> so, <laughs> you are your student. Uh, going into the elementary world and trying to kind of get something oh, to, I, to introduce theater to these kids. Oh, I knew where I was going. Yeah. With that. I, I wouldn't discount it. I think if the right, if it were an opportunity where I yeah. could build it the way that I thought it should be built, then I'd be game. Um, I would not be interested in doing out class plus after school program. Right. That sounds terrible. That sounds like doing a sign up show like a musical with 300 <laughs> elementary school yeah. students who showed up that sounds not oh. that does not sound fun to That's me all I got specifically pobre pablo's adventures and it was about a mexican kid that met santa for the first time that was my introduction to theater at Kennedy Elementary. Say that title again, please. Pobre Pobre Pablo's Adventures. It was written by like the choir teacher. I'm pretty sure Russ Clark, who people in this district know Russ Clark because he used to be at Elkins. um, He was my elementary school choir director and I'm pretty sure he wrote it. I could be wrong about that. Or maybe I'm, no, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, the Pobre Pablo thing was at HSPVA. It was, the show was Santa Went to Mexico. That was the first show that I don't, maybe I got the title wrong. Pobre Pablo See, was at that, PBA. Things like that would grip <laughs> on my soul. Like if that was what I You don't want to know what it's like to like have, you don't want to direct Santa's first adventure to Mexico? I really, really don't. I no. like. And it was in the bad parts too, like where they'd be, where they'd be head people. <laughs> Uh, so what? he had to like, yeah, he was dressed in all black and it, no, I'm kidding. That part's well, a joke, but. Okay. So I will be the first to say that there are plenty of elementary school kids that would be creatively fed by something like sure. that. But I'm in order one. for me to invest my time and energy into a show, it has to pass the, it doesn't make me want to die. Right. 
Well, you said earlier the passion part. If your kids yeah. see that you are invested and excited and passionate, yeah, and I don't feel it. like I can get it get going. Now, now did they do that like that? Yeah. Well, you don't know the show. When you first <laughs> when you first started teaching, were the kids did were the kids that energetic and did they buy in like that already, or do, is it because you have built a a, a system and a reputation and a in a, a department that uh-huh. now they trust Miss Wallace? I mean, anywhere you go where you're st- you're starting that year, you have to regain the trust, especially for your upper Well, I mean, I'm but... year two. Year yeah. Two, yeah. So, but no, I feel like, at least at my school, they were always ready right. to work. Right. Um, they were ready to do things. You didn't the open the school, there. did you? No. Oh, okay, it's, okay. I think they opened in like 2000, 2001. Okay. It's okay. been around a Okay. Um, so I, I feel like they were always ready and they right. wanted to work. I will say that the type of work that was accepted by the community standard was right. different when I started. It right. was pretty much fairy tales and classroom plays only. Like classroom plays meaning like it takes place in a classroom with students playing student characters. I know a director that did that. Anyway, continue. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, there yeah. are some of those shows that work really well, yeah. but there's a limited number of them. Yes. And... I explored as many fairy tale plays as I could that didn't make me want to die and passed the cringe factor for me yeah. enough to like want to send home a message because that's something that's important to me in in the scope of a year if it's not if it's a year that's average and I get to plan my season I have to have something that I'm just excited and super pumped to work on sure. I have to have something that's um I call it beautiful there's something beautiful about it either in the message or in some of the imagery that's done. Right. And those are things that I know that I can get excited about producing. And then I usually put something in there for class play, which literally is a class play. I do a class play with all of them every single class because I feel like it's a formative experience. And yes, I realize I'm extra. It's fine. <laughs> um, but because of the, the volume of kids that I have to include in something like that, I don't, I can't get it's not going to be a creative piece for me. It's going yeah. to be something silly and fun just because they want to, because they need the experience of getting up on stage. It's like a bucket list thing right. for a kid. And so I try to make sure I provide that um, for every kid during at least at one point during the year. Hmm. I didn't know you did a show for all your classes. Every single one. You just said you don't want to have to like kill yourself because of a show. Well, and... no, 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 no. There's, there's a difference between what I'm doing with right. class play and an after school program. Okay. After school program to me, okay, so I actually, I accidentally did that my first year because I didn't know any better. Sure. And I didn't have a production class. And I didn't realize why I needed one until after I produced a show with 75 children in it. Yeah. Because I did not know how to tell any of them no, and I was completely by myself and stupid and made all of the wrong decisions, and it was just bad. So (laughs) I survived it, and I learned from my mistakes. So when I think after-school program, that's what I envision happening to myself, is there being masses of children that show up. And, yeah, well, I could turn, you know, 300 away and only keep 30 of them. That's not providing the service as you need to. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one last question. That's a hard question. Um, and, and then we'll go back to helping our uh, spouses manage the children yeah. uh, and the dogs. Um, if you are a high school teacher that is struggling to 
find personal time and uh, raise a family and uh, separate yourself from the productions that you put on in these shows uh, and you are hesitant to go to the middle school level because you've heard, you know, it's, you get to go home earlier or not earlier, but you get to go home when the bell rings pretty much all this kind of stuff. And you're a high school teacher that is having issue accepting the fact that, Oh, I might need to go to teach middle school because it allots me more time to do personal things, take care of myself personally. But you are that person that is just kind of thinking, I, you know, I don't know if middle school is right for me. Why is it okay? Why is it okay for a high school teacher that has been doing high school for a decade, but now wants to raise a family and have more personal time? Why is it okay for them to be okay with coming to middle school, junior high, whatever you want to call it, wherever you are, uh, for them to come down? What is going to give them that gratification, that satisfaction, that, uh, that energy, if you will, um, that makes them feel still fulfilled because theater teachers on the high school level have a certain ego that they think they might not be um, as valuable on the middle school level what makes them valuable what makes them well okay so you you've asked a whole lot of i've questions. asked them like, a lot of questions i've asked there's a lot, a lot of questions. questions and there's like sub questions in there that i think that then answer all of them would be better addressed so Show how good you first are. and foremost <laughs> i personally think that Fine arts education, whether you're a theater teacher, band, choir, whatever, the expectation that is there, the, the unwritten expectation that is there is very, very high. Right. Because not only are we supposed to have an entire classroom plan for usually multiple levels, um, we're, so in each of those we're going to be differentiated, but we are also managing an entire program and running a creative event at the same time. So regardless of the level that you teach for either middle school or high school theater per se, per se, you're going to be a classroom management planning purpose for just the purposes of running your actual classroom. You are also going to be running finances. You are also going to be running an event, usually multiple events per semester. So with all of those things going on, regardless of level, you have to be able to Put your own boundaries in place no matter what level you work at if you're an overwhelmed high school teacher and you are only coming to middle school to try to be less overwhelmed you are still going to be overwhelmed because you have not tr- figured out how to put in your own personal boundaries right that said i do think that there is an unwritten expectation on the high school level that you can only work after school and you can only work on the weekends for production i think that that is a mismanagement of time I think we have students that have time dedicated to our classes during the school day, and we need to figure out how to use those kids' time during class. They're happy to work for us whenever we can schedule them in. Now, if you have your own reasons for for only working after school, such as having the kids available to you more frequently, that's fine, but that's a choice that you've made. I also think that as far as the middle school level goes, I feel like I have a little more freedom to choose how many productions I do in a year and the sort of the scale of those productions, especially because we have a cafetorium that we're working out of 
We do not have the ability to make and store large builds because it's a flex space for the entire campus. Yeah. We Our budgets are smaller. So the build-out factor, the production value, is smaller because of those things. So while I could do a giant build-out, it would be a huge financial investment every year that I would not be able to store and repurpose, etc. Um, you, I feel like on the middle school level, I have I was given the opportunity to sort of decide for myself, independently of other schools and other expectations, how can I run my life at school so that I can be successful here, and then still be a human at home with two children and yeah. a spouse and all of the other things that I have to do in a day. And I remember being pregnant my third year of teaching and sitting down and making a list that was going to determine if I was going to be able to keep my job or if I was going to have to find a different position because mm -hmm. I couldn't, as a person, I didn't, I cannot not do my job well. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like it will it will wear on my soul to know I'm intentionally not doing my best work because on some level I'm aware that if I'm not giving my best for these kids, then I'm the person that's sucking the joy out of their creative experience. Right. And I have no desire to do that to anyone. And when I get to that point where I'm starting to not be as excited about doing stuff in theater with kids, I'm going to find a new job right. because I'm not going to be the teacher that hangs around making everybody miserable. So I, I think that the, the short answer is make your list of what you have to do in order to be fulfilled at work with in your classroom, inside of a show, and what type of time constraints you're willing to be on the clock for because mm -hmm. that was the other thing. How much do you value your time? We are not taught to do that. Right. Is your time is every hour worth the same amount of money to you? Are your in-class hours the same amount of time <laughs> worth the same amount of time as your after-school hours? If you have evaluated your time differently, that's something that you have to reconfigure. Mm -hmm. I think in any job you go into, regardless of education or not, there are hours that you are required to work and there are also going to be some hours that you have to donate just to get the job done but because it is a donation you get to choose how many of those hours you donate mm. the catch is you will still have goals and deadlines regardless of how many hours are in a day and how many of you them you can or cannot donate right, right? so I feel like I'm kind of the queen of working smarter and not harder. I do get to work early and I do, I don't try to stay like super late, but I do use all of my minutes. I'm very rarely just sitting there during a conference hour. I use every single minute because as soon as school is over, I give myself like 30 minutes wrap up time and then I need to go and be mom. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to rehearsals, I do have the ability to rehearse my kids in class because I have an auditioned production class and I cast out of that class. So we do a lot of work there inside the class hour. When it comes to after school rehearsal, it's scheduled in advance. And um, I don't have to do it as frequently because right. I have so much time during the designated school day. How's it feel to be the smartest person that teaches theater? 
Um, I don't feel like I'm the smartest person to teach theater. I feel like I'm just the most opinionated. <laughs> oh, there's an argument right there. <laughs> right, there you go. Minor wisdom.